By the way, I'm going to open this show here with, once we get sort of say hi to everybody, I want to open the show with a disclaimer, which I probably will read several times throughout the whole show. Because I I think we are going to say some things that really need, we need to kind of have it out in the open so we don't sound like absolute assholes, as long as we don't act like dicks when we're doing it. I had such a sense of a career accomplishment when I got my very first disclaimer. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I, it was such a proud moment. I remember I said, getting. I said, yeah. "Motherfucker" on the air. Nobody ever complained. <laughs> right. I remember Benny. Benny, you were off for uh, you were off from Y for like two weeks or three weeks, and I sat in for the morning show for you mm. for for two weeks. And I'm pretty sure when you came back, we had a fucking disclaimer. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I love get, getting did disclaimers. You, did you get two weeks off because you said booger? It was not booger. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't a Johnny Caravella moment. No. <laughs> Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie, Mark LeFave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter. So it's Black Sheep Radio uh, on a Thursday, and Polly Morris is joining us to uh, talk a little music. Hey, Polly. Benny, how are you? Today we're going to talk about songs that uh, have been played on the radio that you probably couldn't get away with playing if they came out today. So some of the songs I think we are going, and I I came up because I was listening to a song that came up on this show weeks ago called uh, I'd Love to Change the World by 10 Years After. Great song. And as I was singing the song, I realized I don't know the words. So I looked them up and I kind of went, oh, 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 oh this kind of wrecks it for me a little bit. Is, this the, I mean? is it the Dykes and Fairies line? That's right. So yeah. before we go any further here, I want to say the following, and I mean this sincerely. The following program contains language, violence, and nudity that some may consider offensive. Parental guidance is strongly advised in this show because <laughs> we are going to be saying words that um, maybe we shouldn't. I want to make sure that we do this in taste and all the rest, but we're having a bit of an academic uh, a bit of an academic exercise when we do this show here because we want to sort of point out some songs and where they may have crossed the line, where they cross the line, and perhaps it's okay to still play them, you know? Yep. So, In I a just lot wanted, of cases... I just wanted, it, sorry, I just wanted ahead, to touch on the, the, the Black Sheep Radio doing an academic show is very, very counter to what we normally do so hopefully we can elevate a little bit for, 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 for one episode let's, okay. let's see if we can bring up the average these are my air uh exclamation marks or i mean I, i'm so i'm so good i'm so gonna fart out loud at some yeah. point here yeah. who likes already we haven't even started talking all right do, I'll you, guys, shut do up. you guys like boobs because i like boobs that's just uh, wondering yeah. okay oh no <laughs> so, so yes in the case of I'd love to change the world yeah everywhere is freaks and fairies dykes and fairies tell me where is the sanity mm. and you know if that song came out today I don't think it would make it I really don't you know uh, I, I am the father of a gay son and I have walked in the pride parade and that one just does not fly it simply yeah. does not it borders on hate and it's just the wrong message, you know. I don't. No, I don't. I don't disagree with you. Um, and yet, when it came out, uh, because of the mumbling, it seemed so innocuous it, at the time. When a lot of these songs came out, some of these phrases, people just sort of brushed them off, you know. 
And mm-hmm. we'll kind of get into that a little bit later on here as I have some a lot of talk about the Tragically Hip. Um, uh, but today when we hear them, I wonder if it's okay to play them. Um, a lot of people don't like cancel culture, you know what I mean? Well, you know, you, you know it's totally wrong now these days, therefore you can't play that song. And, and, and that really it depends upon people and, and where they line up, you know, they say, oh, I don't want to do that. And then some people say, no, it's totally wrong. You can't play that song anymore. It's hateful. Yeah, well, I think yeah. part of the problem becomes, too, that you, you, can have a, you can have a band that releases, we'll say, one song that has one lyric that is not that great. The problem with cancel culture isn't that we don't want to hear that song anymore. It's that we want that fucking artist dragged out in the street and burned to death, and we want every album that they have ever released to be uh, to be canceled. And I don't think that that is fair. I think that we, we've said it before: art is subjective. Sometimes you're going to say something that somebody else might find offensive. We're going to probably say some things that if somebody just tunes into this show very quickly, they're going to find offensive. Does that mean that all podcasts in the history of the universe need to be eliminated from existence? No. It just mm-hmm. means that maybe that one glimpse, that one moment in time needs to be reviewed and avoided going forward. Right. Yeah. There's also like a retroactive aspect to it where you're the, one of the issues I have with the whole cancel culture thing um, is, you know, rewriting history with the current um, cultural developments yes. in mind. And you're basically going back through history and, and brushing over things that, that didn't apply to the people at the time of the writing. So like, um, you know, uh, the, that, that's a perfect example. Like the, you can ju- choose not to play. I'd love to change the world. I mean, I don't know how many people are playing that anyways. Um, but I still uh, hear it on the radio a fair amount, actually. Really? Yeah. So fair enough. So, so it, you can choose not to play it, but to like, you know, claim that somebody to make the claim that the guy is like this bigot because he's, you know, writing a song reflective of his his particular experience at that particular time is a little bit, you know, uh, it, it, it's it's a little it's a little uh, selective. I would say is the best I, way I, to say it. You know I, I don't. I, mean? I just. I don't. Uh, this is not what I believe. But I'll throw the idea out there that there should there maybe be like a uh, like there is with 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 crimes like a statute of limitations. So in other words, <laughs> when no, like when the song was released, that was an acceptable message. Yes. Like for example, I I was still I was. Yeah, I was I was still mornings at Y when that whole money for nothing thing happened, yeah. where all of a sudden you couldn't play the song. <laughs> and actually, I remember that the day of or perhaps the day after that ruling where that song was taken off the air. And I don't know if it still is. Maybe maybe somebody knows. But it was yeah. it, w- it was on my my run sheet like we're playing it. And I caught it at the last second. I went, oh, my geez, get that out of there. Yeah, sort of thing, I mean, because it was so fresh still. I thought, oh, geez, we better not play that. So, yeah, I do want to talk about money for nothing, because, yes, uh, I <laughs> I'm the ancient one here. I was there when the song first came out and we played it. No problem. Mm. And there's a pro- and know the story behind the song, and then 25 years later, it comes back to be reevaluated and rejudged, and because pe- uh, some people complained about it and stuff like that. And th- th- this isn't an obscure song. I mean, this is the, arguably one of the top five songs of the entire 1980s. It was a mm. huge song, right? And that's what I mean by a statute of limitations. I mean, if it was okay then, maybe it isn't okay now to say that. But the song is still. The song, I I don't know. 
I don't know where I stand on that. I, uh, yeah. If I may, before we could get too much into music, only because you guys know music a lot better, you know uh, your lyrics a lot better. When this uh, topic first came up, the first person I thought of wasn't a music it wasn't a music album. It was a comedy album, which is Eddie Murphy's Raw. And my mom was here a few weeks ago, and she was watching it on YouTube. And Eddie Murphy's, you know, I mean, beloved comedian. Everybody remembers him as being buckwheat and all this stuff from SNL. But if you listen to Raw, uh, Kevin Hart got taken off of the Oscars for saying a hell of a lot less than Eddie Murphy said about homosexual oh, yeah. people. Did, and, and, and oh, delirious! Raw. Yeah, Ditto delirious. And you know what? At the time. It was funny. It was part of it was it was part of culture. Now I'm not yeah. homosexual, so I I mean if I was, I might not find it as funny. Um, but again, I think that's perfect example of that statute of limitations. That this was this was the early '80s. This was just it. It, it came up a lot as we got ready for this uh, debate, where you've got someone like Joe Biden who's been around for 500 fucking years, so he's been around when not that it was okay to, but you could be more misogynistic. You could be slightly more segregationist because that was the time. We're now looking at that, you know what I mean, through the prism of 2020 and saying, oh, he's a piece of shit or Kevin Hart's a piece of shit for saying that or Eddie Murphy for this or money for nothing is that. But these things were written a long time ago. Like, I don't even want, I don't want to go back further and imagine the things that came out, mm. you know I mean, in the 1800s. You know, my mom is up in heaven right now sitting beside St. Peter and some of the things that came out of her mouth is like, mom, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's just like, it's like, oh, and they never thought twice about it because they kind of they grew up with that. And, and uh, I know a case of somebody that we all have worked with uh, in St. Catherine's and that old misogynistic way came out. She was deeply offended and the apology on the air rang really hollow. Uh, as he apologized to her for things that were said in the end she just got up and quit and started working in Hamilton still works there so yeah it's yeah things do change through time and all the rest and and that conversation has to come out about whether it's relevant or whether it's not so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah for, for me like just to just to before we move on like I I just don't get the this this obsession with reevaluating the past. Like I think we should, you know, instead focus on the future and and think about how we want to act in the future as opposed to just going back into Kevin Hart's tweets from 10 years ago to see if he mentioned right. a joke about gay people like we're wasting time here like what are you doing you know what I mean it's like it doesn't serve any purpose to dig up old shit like let's okay we know now like we've we've evolved to understand that some of these words are way more hurtful than we think than than some straight people could imagine uh, you know a culture about making fun of gay people because they're feminine or whatever you know what I mean that that has consequences to people that are gay and and uh, you know we, we've evolved from that so it's like why why do we have to fucking keep keep picking at the wound instead of just like you know putting a band-aid on it and going you know what I mean trying to figure a way to heal and move forward it's kind of bullshit to me um, anyways go ahead so well, who's got the first uh, second offending song Second offending oh, song. First um, one that comes to mind for me is Brown Sugar from the Rolling Stones. Yep. Gold Coast slave ship bound for cotton fields. Uh, Scarred old slaver. Knows he's doing all right. Hear him whip the women just around midnight. I mean, Brown Sugar is just loaded up with. Just loaded. And that was a number one song around the world. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's got everything from it has drugs. It has 
misogyny. It, I mean, it is packed. It is loaded. And mm, fucking and glad I don't was, listen to lyrics. <laughs> oh, yeah. you, Gold you, Coast slave you, ship bound you, for cotton first fields. Thing, Brown Sugar by the Rolling oh. Stones is one of my favorite songs. Sure. Musically, it, it used just, to be. It, it leaps. <laughs> it's so great. But pull up a lyric sheet on Brown Sugar and you just go, what was he thinking? And, oh and Jagger God. just Jagger just decided to purposely put all this vile into this song. <laughs> I thought it was just about him liking black women, to be honest with you. Like, I don't know fucking anything about music. <laughs> Brown Sugar's heroin, of course, or is black women, but oh, it's just, it's loaded. It's just like, <gasps> we can't put that on the radio. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh Those are the yeah. opening lines. Gold Coast yeah, slave ship starts. bound for cotton fields sold in the market <laughs> down in New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, God. ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mark has just pulled up the lyrics ah. and he was looking at it. He is rubbing his head and he's going, oh, my God. Now, once again, I will say this was a number one song around the world. And when they played in concert, it's near the end and the crowd gets up and dances. Probably not in Africa. <laughs> Not anywhere. Jesus. Not anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I got, one, I got one. This this actually came from a documentary series that I watched. That I pro- I'm not sure if we actually brought it up on the air, but we might we might have. Um, and you know, I, I think I think this is this is tied to R. Kelly. Okay. Um, and I think now, given the gravity of you know the situation, like how much of a fucking monster that guy was pretty much all of his stuff is called into question whether mm. he mentions I mean all of his songs mention sex in some capacity you know um, but this one in particular is a song that he wrote for Aaliyah and it's called Age Ain't Nothing But a Number yeah oh my and God. the chorus is and this was a big song she was what maybe 15, 15. at the time she was 15 yeah. And the, the chorus is, age ain't nothing but a number, throwing down ain't nothing but a thing. This love I have for you, it'll never change. And it just repeats that over and over again. So, wow. you know, and she's singing that to him. So I suppose there's a little bit of jujitsu there as if, you know, it disguises the presentation. But in reality, R. Kelly wrote the lyrics about her. Um, wow. So, you know... Just, just a little hiding in plain sight, and then the other one was—I uh, I don't know honestly how bad this one is, but in high, like it's it's curious, especially given um, given the 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 time period and how prominent it was to date women that were a lot younger. Um, but uh, I saw her standing there li- leads off with, "Well, she was just seventeen, you know what you I know mean. what I mean." Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, uh, Christine 16 by Kiss is another one of those songs. Uh, uh, Chuck Berry, um, what was this? Uh, Sweet Little 16 is yeah. like, you know. It's, Ringo Starr, you're 16, you're beautiful, and you're mine. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> now, I, I, I'm, I was watching a show the other day, and they had this kind of come up, and they said, well, you know the age of consent in the state of New Jersey is 16. That <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah, like if you're trying to if, if you're if you're trying to justify the lyrics in your song based mm-hmm. on a geographical location, I think you're in trouble. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm sure you can find some fucking place somewhere in the world that says that you can marry a 10-year-old, but I mean, that's... 
it's the, the it, you're 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 googling you're going deep into google to find that permission so so you know you can fuck off with that shit six <laughs> there's so much of it too like i i was surprised i i it's funny um this is this is a little bit of an aside because it's not specifically about lyrics but you know like all of these guys elvis uh, jimmy page um you know, I, 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 the, there's so many of the, 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 the most prominent rock stars were like dating like 16, 15, 16, 17 year olds, like mm. for the lot, the length of their career, especially in like the sixties and seventies. It's just, you know, it's weird, fucking, man. It's gross. You know what I mean? Wow. It's pretty fucking disgusting, but, uh, okay. Yeah. Can I read something? Sure. Following, this program contains language, violence, and nudity that some may consider offensive. Parental guidance is strongly adv- uh, advised. Thank you, Polly. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, as a music programmer, I, 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 for most of my career, I was a gatekeeper. I got to choose the songs that I felt were right to go on the air based on uh, the quality of the music rather than a consultant's list, although a consultant's list and charts always kind of played into the whole thing. Um the best thing you can do as a music director is make sure that your program director understands how you feel about music and mm. what's right and what's wrong. Um, we all have worked with a guy named Carrie Gray, and Carrie is one of the most liberal people that we know, except when it came to lyrics and songs in music. And we wow. had a classic standoff. And the subject was the use of F-bombs in songs specifically about the tragically hip by the tragically hip quietly song singles by the tragically hip have a lot of f-bombs in them uh locked in the trunk of a car comes to mind immediately and he said we got to take that song off the air and there are some programmers across the country that wouldn't play that song for the F-bombs that were in it. And the, line said, is, the line is, for the record, where you could say I became chronologically fucked up. Right. Yeah. And Ben, you probably can count the number of Tragically Hip singles with the F-bomb in it. There's there, probably there's a about few. half a dozen. Yeah. Right. And he said, if you, won't, if you can't say it to your children, why would you have it in a song on the air? And I argued is that it is in the context of the song. In no way is Gordani or the hip being malevolent in this particular case. There's no malice intended. It is part of an expression of the person in the song. And therefore, it's justified to be played. If it was just, if, if Gordy and the boys just went, F this, F this, F this, you know, in anger, I could have an issue with it, but it's not done that way. It's that classic case. Is the painting of a nude pornography or is it art? In this particular case, it's art. The tragic clip songs are art. Leave them alone. Mm-hmm. And yet he argued red faced in this hallway. I had the backing of my general manager and the creative director. And yet my program director who allowed his control room to be hotbox and had a 420 break every Friday. Yep. Which at the time was an illegal activity taking place in <laughs> a corporate radio station said that's okay, but Gord Downey's F bombs and the tragically hip were not allowed. 
Carrie's, I, I remember, yeah, I remember being so shocked by that because the first ratings promotion he did as as program director, I don't know if you remember this, Paul, he was called Bags of Green. Oh, yeah. I'm sure where you called up and you either won a nickel bag or a dime bag or whatever. And it oh was all, and it was it was money. But the the whole innuendo was was weed. And I mean, I thought. What that? We're gonna get pulled off the air for sure for this, and then we didn't. But yeah, and then he was all upset about that tragically hip song, and I thought that that doesn't jive with me. Like I just don't, I don't get it. And and and, and he and the thing is, I don't think he got it because this never became an issue. I will say is that the overseer of all radio airplay is something called the Canadian Broadcast Standards Council. And excuse me if I get a little academic in here, but these are the people that if you don't like something you hear on the radio, you complain to them. You don't go to the you don't go to Ottawa. You don't go to the CRTC who right. hand out licenses. You go to this body and they have a judging panel and they 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 treat this like a trial. Okay, and we're going to get into a classic one in a few minutes. And this has never come up with a tragically ever come up, you know. So it's just like, in the end, we continue to play the song. But there was one guy that wanted to take Hits FM off the air. He had it in him. And you come across these crazies. He says, I'm driving. I got my three-year-old kids in the backseat. And I am offended by this song. And he went not only to the general manager, not only to the owner of the company, but he went past the uh, the Canadian Broadcast Standards Council, and he did go to Ottawa. And he complained several times a day to to the point that my general manager came down and said, you have to edit every single song that has got something objectionable. So we would comb through everything. We edited 50 songs minimum to take that out. All of a sudden, people are complaining. I said, how come you've edited songs by The Who and by Pink Floyd, which have the F-bomb in them, when you've been playing them, they've been played on the radio since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. And it's because of this rule. Mm. The fear was that we may, this guy was threatening to call our clients up and going to say, hey, did you hear that, you know, the radio station where you're advertising is spewing bad language on the air that, you know, it could be offensive to your kids. Clients don't listen to the radio stations they advertise on. And this guy started to make those calls. So you wouldn't believe the flurry in the week that took place Mm. that we started creating all these edits. Now, you can play songs with objectionable language, but not until after 9 o'clock p.m. Afterwards, almost everything goes. And if you watch TV carefully, it works that way. Yep, true. You no, know, that, that that reminds me of a. Uh, it is a. There was a ban on tobogganing here in Hamilton a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. you remember this? And it was it was the guy who caused it was actually a lawyer, and he went tobogganing down a hill where he shouldn't have been. I believe it was there was a sign posted and. Like, I know where this was. It's a hill where if you just look at it in your mind, any rational human being would say, probably not a good idea to slide down this hill on a toboggan. Well, the guy got injured really bad and successfully sued the city for a good sum of money. And as a result, for the rest of us, we we couldn't go tobogganing. And this is very much, uh, this is the, the story that Paulie just told me is very reminiscent of that because one man's argument we had to edit 50 songs and more people i mean 
way more people were offended by the elimination or the edit of those songs. So the radio station was really put in a no-win situation. And that's kind of the way it was here with Hamilton, with the tobogganing band. It's like, well, uh, you know, one, one guy is an idiot uh, and sued us successfully. So I guess nobody gets to go tobogganing now. Nobody mm. gets to hear locked in the trunk of a car because this one guy was offended that his kids heard it in the car. I think it's just, it's, it's silly. Absolutely, pretty amazing, pretty amazing the power that one person has, though. <laughs> Give him some credit. Well, well right. <laughs> the thing is, is that there is the C, uh, the Canadian Broadcast Standards Council have a code of ethics, and this stuff is pretty clear. It's there. You can't use these words. What makes radio different from, let's say, streaming? Um, regular television different from cable is that you are paying. You are paying for those services and therefore you realize you're accepting the fact that you may have some questionable content. The disclaimer that I read off the top comes from a show you may see on HBO or Netflix or something like that. It's because you're paying for that service. But if it is a signal that you catch through the air with an aerial, uh, you are bound to this uh, this code of ethics. And here's the deal, guys. I mean, you can you can win the argument. You could justify that, yeah, we are playing this based on all these type of things, but your audience in the end are the ones that are going to decide. Mm -hmm. uh, I worked at Hits FM, and we were kings of the double entendre and pushed the limits to the, in, in the, to, to the hilt and over the top. I, there, and I don't want to say I'm proud of all that stuff, but it was really kind of crazy. We were learning as we were going. In the end, uh, ratings bottomed out. And as we went back and we did our perception studies, we're like, why are we losing? We play great music. We have great personalities. We have a tradition. We have a reputation, all the legacy, all those type of things. And people are saying, yeah, but you sound like a skid radio station. Mm -hmm. And that's when it hit us that we are now paying for all of that stuff that we had done and that the audience had come to a point that thought, yeah, they play great music, but I feel kind of... I feel kind of greasy listening to it. That came back to us, you know, and we knew that there were good people that listened to us, managers that listened to us, all that type of stuff. But we were paying for mm. all that crazy ass shit that we had done for decades. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you can the, the point here is that you can win the war, but or win the battle, but lose the war. And, and, and putting your stake in the ground sometimes. Sometimes it's simply not worth it. Sometimes it's better just play the fucking edit. Mm -hmm. no, just play the edit. So, sometimes uh, your edits too can uh, run run you into some problems with the artists themselves. There's there's actually a video on YouTube. This okay. is a Toronto example. Um, maybe I'll share it. I don't know if I'll share it because it's a little bit close to us, a little closer to us than 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 I'd uh, like to go around spreading it around. But you, you know, you guys know Wayne Williams. Yes. Yeah. So there so there was a, there was a situation where one time he was interviewing Kanye West when he was when he was on the air at uh, uh, 935. Yeah. And at the time, uh, Kanye was promoting uh, that the song Gold Digger was 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 the big song of the day. Um, and Kanye was pissed. And this is live in the studio, and you can you can find this you can find this on YouTube, because what I guess they had done is there's a, there's a line there's a line in the song which says, and they they gonna keep calling and trying, but you stay right, girl, and when you get on, he'll leave your ass for a white girl. 
and mm. 90 and flow i think it was flow i think it was flow at the time i'm not sure if it was the same whatever whatever the branding was but they censored white girl like they they bleeped out white girl mm, and wow. and, Con- and kanye was pissed and there's a video on youtube and it's the two of them wayne williams and kanye west sitting in a studio together and kanye west just laying into wayne about why are you censoring this like what is going on here like this is the last time i'm going to be on this station because you guys are you know fucking with my art in ways that i i just don't understand and and you refuse to explain it was crazy it was wild Hmm. and you know kanye right like the guy is especially when he's passionate about some of that stuff he just he just teed off it was super uncomfortable but in my opinion i think it's warranted like what are you censoring white girl for like that's insanity Hmm. Again, it's it's really up to the broadcaster, you know, whether it's right or wrong, and whether it's right or wrong, it's up up to he or she, you know, um, because you answer to your audience. In the case of Kanye, he's living in a completely different world. You know, he's he's just not close to it in any kind of way, and so he can. Yeah, I definitely understand. He wants to stand by what he said, and and doesn't really truly understand the consequences of of playing a song. And edits in his song. Maybe that one's inappropriate. You know. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Mm. Well, there's way there's way more offensive lyrics in the in the hip hop and I mean. rap world than that. That's for sure. It's insanity. Um, it's uh, like a joke. He's just making a joke. Like the whole song is about how you like you're supposed to stick to your man, and then at the end of the day, the man leaves. It's like yeah. for like you know what I mean. It's a, I get there's a little bit of a race thing there, but like you know, I don't know that. I, I think that's I think that's a thin. A very thin argument, but whatever. I mean, I'm not a program director, and that's probably why, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, right on. the The other song that I was thinking, um, and and I don't know that this is going to catch a, uh, anybody by surprise. There's a couple actually. Um, the, uh, there's actually a song that it was a number one hit in the '70s, I believe, by Cher called "Half Breed," which yeah. I don't I don't know that that's going to get any any. Uh, a resurgence a, re- a renaissance for that song anytime soon <laughs> and then um i i don't know if this song actually got any airplay to be honest with you but i know in my circle of friends it was one of those songs where um we couldn't believe it ever actually made it on a record and it's one in a million by guns and roses ah uh, yes <laughs> wasn't well, that like, interesting because uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah the, I gotta look it, up the lyrics of that one. The old, yeah, I'll, I'm I'll not give them to you right now. It's immigrants and Polly. You want to give the disclaimer again? Yeah, <laughs> it, uh, the, this program contains. Oh my god! Strong language yeah. violence and nudity. The line. He drops an bomb. I don't even think I've used that word ever in my life. Immigrants and faggots. Yeah, they make no yeah. sense to me. They come to our country and think they'll do as they please. It's over the top to now. Country, as if there's like a ship. Im- there's like a, a fucking. Well, there there plane is fucking of, of Mick Jagger mentioned just moving into yeah. the United States. Now here's my question. Jesus. I don't know if this has ever happened. I wanted to bring up this song, Chris. So I'm glad you did. But is there uh, that song, Paul? I don't think ever got airplay. I I, I don't think it was ever. <laughs> First thing, it's never a single. Uh, yeah. In the yeah, well, it wasn't, radio, we played album tracks, or we sure. played them because they were controversial. To sort of, hey, hey did you hear this? And here it is. Right. And now you yeah, like it, it was never like Welcome to the Jungle. It wasn't a frequently played Guns and Roses no. song. But um, 
I forget what album that was on. Was, was it Appetite for Destruction? It was in, in the late 80s that came out, so it would have been one of those. Anyway. Was it part of a Lies record? Maybe. The, 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 is, is, can a band or has a band ever been guilty by association? So in other words, they sang that in One in a Million, we can't play Sweet Child of Mine anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, wow, that song's on that album, so therefore every other song on that album must be bad. Well, not even even in the case of bad language. I mean, the Dixie Chicks is the classic example of an artist that got dropped from every radio playlist because of a comment comment made in concert in the UK about George W. Bush. That's right, yeah. And they said they weren't proud of our president, and Nashville and all country radio collectively dropped every Dixie Chick song, not because they said booger, it's because they said something <laughs> that politically they didn't like. Yeah. Uh, that's the classic. I don't know about... It's a great story, too. I, I, I don't know about uh, an artist who said something. Like, R. Kelly got dropped. We know about Michael Jackson, and because of his his extracurricular activity I'll put that politely um, he got dropped from a lot of playlists the, the, the question often came up is it okay to play Michael Jackson now because is there is the has there been enough distance between it have people forgotten have they forgiven some people never want to hear Michael Jackson ever again mm. I think Ryan. there I think there are some crimes and I think there are some accusations that are deserving of that uh, of that approach I think that if I were to ever put on a comedy station on Sirius and hear fucking Bill Cosby do a bit I'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? Like there are, there are crimes that are beyond, uh, beyond even wanting, I, I don't even listen to Michael Jackson anymore. And I have, yeah. and he's on lots of different stations and he's got lots of and great music, but he is a piece this, of shit. And I just it, can't, get, stuff, I can't get past it. That stuff breaks my heart because you just mentioned a lot of people that are my favorite. Those early Cosby records. Mm-hmm. Tremendous Absolutely. Before Brilliant. he came out With all these stories yep. Michael Jackson There is a joy In that music And yet there's This other story It like It really It really hurts mm-hmm. You know And Ryan Adams Is another one I'm the singer Songwriter fan And he's a creepy dude We found out And his career Has come to A screeching halt mm-hmm. And it's just like yeah, these guys, I, they've made some mistakes. There's no doubt about it. And they're, they're, they've hurt the fans and they've hurt themselves, let alone all the people that they've offended and hurt them, you know? So, How about uh, Walk on the Wild Side by Lou Reed? In this, in this, <laughs> in this age of Caitlyn Jenner and RuPaul's Drag Race, does uh, Holly came from Miami, FLA, hitchhiked her way across the USA, plucked her eyebrows on the way, shaved her legs, and then he was a she. Yep. It, does does that make it today? It's a, does it have a hope in hell? I don't. That's tough, any, that's a tough question. Yeah, that's, that's actually that's a, 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 verse, that's a good yeah, message, kind of. There's also a verse in there about. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> there's a sex verse in there as well too. Uh, what he was doing is he he was writing a song about. Um, the uh, community in New York City that he was surrounded by. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, Lou Reed, who wrote the song and sang the song, was bisexual. I believe so, yeah. And yeah, and part of me says, is that a license to say this kind of stuff? Mm. I don't know. I'm going to get to an example here of another person that I was not aware of as bisexual who wrote a similar, used the other F word, and yeah, you know, that song, yeah, I kind of laugh when I hear that song, you know, and I, 
I personally don't take offense to it. I can no. kind of see why it would bother some people. Right. Uh, this 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 thing that this phenomenon that you're talking about, Paulie, is is reminiscent of rap and hip hop, where rap and hip hop can say the N word a thousand mm-hmm. times in one verse. But uh, if Bruce Springsteen were to say that word in a song, <laughs> there would be an uproar. People, <laughs> right? I don't, yeah, I, I'm picking out the most rootsy, the rootsy white guy I can Michael think of. Buble. Yeah, but, but no, that's true. I mean, how, how you know how does how is, how does that work? I will well with with hip hop and specifically the N word. I feel like it's it's a it's it's a redefining of a word that once held so much pain like you know what i mean like it's like this is our word now and you can use it whenever we want and we're gonna throw it in your face whenever we want because mm. you know you once threw it in our face like i i, I dig that honestly like i like that i'm that, not saying i don't dig yeah. it i'm no, just I know, saying I know. that it can be construed as a real <laughs> strong double standard that there are yeah. people who are making hundreds of millions of dollars out of just hammering on the n-word yeah when you know anybody any artist who isn't black is going to get eaten up alive for that yeah yep. i yeah that's that's what that's one of the things that i really admire about black culture in general is this their ability to adapt to an unbelievable amount of bullshit and like flip it on its head a lot too like that like you know slang and 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 you know using bad words for good and good mm. words for bad and the way that they twist language and 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 turn it on its head like i get a real kick out of it um and i mean there's there's no better example than than the way that they've kind of repurposed the n-word to be about like you know to to be almost like a, a representative of a brotherhood of black culture uh, instead of a, like a a, a uh, you know, a, a, it is a racial slur for sure, but like it's, it's, I don't know, it's cool. It's they've, a racial slur when it's used by anyone who isn't a member of that race. And, and it's yeah. Really, you know, but what I, I, yeah, I don't, I, I'm yeah. not saying I'm offended by that. Uh, it doesn't bother me because I wouldn't, I don't use that word anyway. It's mm. just not a part of my vocabulary. Sure. But, yeah, the whole, uh, I don't know, I, I see it as now an enterprise that, that you know, that mm. people, I, are, are you doing are you doing your race and your culture right by capitalizing on things that have been harmful to it in the past? You know, interesting. That's very interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm I just curious. don't think I, that they're like. I just don't think the reason why why a lot of these rappers are successful is because they specifically use the n word. Like they're nope. they're they're artists and they just happen to use the word right. Like if it was you know like if you were designing like a new brand and the brand name was the n word and you were capitalizing off of that brand specifically, I think like yeah that would be a little bit suspicious. You know what I mean? That way you'd be like, all right, well you're cashing in on all of this pain. But like at the end of the day, like a lot of it's just like a phrase you know what i mean that that it's they they see they like whoever i mean i it empowers them to be able to take something like that back i mean i i'm i'm a white guy so i I don't really know how the black pretty fly for a white guy specifically (laughs) (laughs) i don't not really man not really i do crossword (laughs) puzzles like (laughs) there's no way (laughs) i just listen to J. Cole sometimes. Yeah. Um, so it gives me a little bit of an insight. But outside ten, of that, ten I, across I is offspring. <laughs> I can do su- I can do a hard Sudoku puzzle inside of five minutes. So I don't know how cool I actually am. Um, but yeah, no, I, it's it's curious. It's a good discussion to have. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't pretend to speak on behalf of like black people in any capacity whatsoever. I do generally genuinely admire like their 
like uh, a lot of these rappers specifically their ability to just and and just the culture as a, as a whole to flip words like that and and take wear them as armor i think it's really it's super cool mm-hmm. uh, you know it's interesting uh streaming has sort of allowed the acceptance or given some extra permission were in the past when the way most people heard their music was through the radio uh, there seems to be di- there are different rules involved with it. You know, the other day uh, I was working in uh, kind of like a, we'll call it a freelance job, and I won't tell you who the employer was. But there's music being played, and somebody had a had you know their playlist off their phone playing, and the latest Cardi B single comes oh. up. And I said, I said, oh, we're playing that in the workplace, are we? And I was just meanwhile the 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 owner is working amongst us. <clears throat> oblivious to what is being said. And by the way, was not playing the video edited version of the song, but playing, <laughs> I'm talking about WAP. Yeah, 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 yeah we know. Like Cardi B, <laughs> and it's just like, so we're playing that, you know? It's like, oh, okay. And it's just like the people around me uh, were, uh, they don't care. And that's part of it, you know? It's just like, yeah. wow. You know what's funny is I just saw a video of, uh, of uh, she's probably like, I don't know, 15 or 16 that can do like amazing impressions of different female singers. So she can, do, Cardi B? she can do she can do Adele, she can do Dolly Parton, and she's singing that song while she's doing them. It is so funny. She goes from Christina Aguilera, she does some Mariah Carey, and it goes from artist to artist, but she's singing WAP. It's so funny. I don't. I don't know. I don't know about that. But like, I would. I would pay. I would pay good money to hear Ben do a cover of that song. <laughs> Can you do a couple? Just a couple verses for us. I, I got to be honest. I, I I'm not familiar with the song. Oh, oh my so god! Yeah, I'll, I'll pull be doing some homework when we're done. I'll pull oh, up the lyrics. Need to need to watch this. I yes. would. I would pay good money to hear Ben just do a, just the whole song. <laughs> I like this. Just, there's this great show. On, there's this great show. I think it's on HBO. It's on Stars. It doesn't matter. It's on one of the pay pay networks. It's called P Valley, and it's about a strip joint down in Mississippi. And um, the music soundtrack is all hip hop, and it is it is just like that. So when I heard this new Cardi B track, I said, "Oh, this this should be on next the next season because it fits in with all the other stuff." This is not like the first time this has come out. It's just that she is a tour de force yeah. unto herself. This is not some obscure rapper from Atlanta. This is. Cardi B. Yeah, she's know, a Bernie Sanders that, supporter. The one that Ellen has wrapped her, <laughs> wrapped her arms around and loves, you know what I mean? I bet she has. Do you want me to read you a couple of lyrics, Benny? I'll give you I'll give you a little bit. Uh, uh, okay, uh, uh, strongly programmed, yeah, okay, strong language, violence, and nudity that some may consider to be offensive. Perfect. I'm going to avoid all the N-words in this one, but uh, extra large and extra hard. Put this pussy right in your face. Wipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top. I want to ride. I do a Kegel while it's inside. Spit in my mouth. Look in my eyes. This pussy is wet. Come take a dive. I'm done. <laughs> I need to do I like what I, what my life needs. She, she, she's no uh, she's no Margaret Atwood. I'll tell you that. <laughs> what my what, what my life needs what is, is the like best a, of like times. A, it was the wettest of times. I need I need like a like a like like a um, uh, William Shatner esque dramatic reading. 
of that song done by Ben, oh. and then we're just gonna put it out <laughs> with like the beat underneath it. Yeah, extra yeah. large, extra hard. Like I said certified freak. Swipe your nose a like a credit card. Then, then there's the artist. <laughs> then there's the artists who have um, sort of capitalized oh off the fact that they get banned. Like, um, I don't know if you guys remember Two Live Crew or not, but those guys <laughs> gain such notoriety for just being banned mm. everywhere. And, uh, you know, a lot of people wanted to go out and buy the record, even if they hadn't heard the song. They're like, ooh, it's good, you know, because it's all, all of a sudden taboo sort yeah. of thing. And, and there are artists who capitalize on that. Yeah. yeah. They have a song called Band in the USA. I'm j I don't know anything about them, but uh Two Life the, Crew, the, oh yeah. Yeah, their their videos when I when I Googled them, their their uh first clip it says the song's called We Want Some Pussy. Yeah. And then the second clip is Me So Horny. Oh yeah. And the third clip I is I think it's Me So Band Horny. In the USA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and two it's live crew. Who, a story uh, in three. If you parts. ask, were were a horrible act to begin with. Yeah, you yeah, know what's they, funny they, is they simply capitalized. They made a name for themselves just by writing the most offensive, and you know, I and and that's the late eighties when that was uh, when that was coming out, and and yeah, there was such controversy over two live crew that they became cool just as a result of being offensive. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because we've been talking today about, you know, I mean, taking songs from the 60s or 70s and playing them now. What about taking some of the songs from now and dropping them on a radio in the 50s? <laughs> like, Car <laughs> like Cardi B's WAP. How, how, how long would that get played? <laughs> no, it, well, if it's in the 50s, just put a do in front of it. And now it's do WAP. <laughs> <you're okay. laughs> <laughs> Everything's OK. <laughs> the one thing that concerns me about all of this stuff, too, is is there's there's a case to be made for you know, furthering the conversation by saying stuff that's controversial. And like, I like, like this is, this is an outside of the music thing, but like you, you hear stories about, about like school boards banning, um, one flew over the cuckoo's nest and, and, uh, Huck Finn and all of this stuff. That's like, you know, quote unquote racist. And, and it's, it's, you know, I, I, I just it, it does I'm not saying that any of the stuff that, that we've talked about that, that that that's not getting airplay anymore deserves to get airplay airplay by any stretch. But, you know, it's a very fine line between uh, like censorship uh, that's right and censorship that's wrong. And it seems like there's a big overcorrection now where, mm. you know, Nobody can say anything in any capacity and expect to be successful or expect to even be, you know, you get the pull, the rug pulled out from under you for, for exploring controversial ideas, let alone, you know, embracing them and, and, mm. and stuff like that. So it's, it's a, it's a weird time that we live in, you know, everything's so hyper polarized and, yep. and, and, and the conversation is, is getting very, um, the, 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 the universe, the, uh, the general conversation about anything is getting very narrow. There's only so many things that you're allowed to say and so many things that, and, and way more things that you're not allowed to say than things that you're allowed to say. And it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's well, scary to me. It's interesting, despite all these rules that are created, and I think all for really good reasons about what, what is right and what is wrong. Um, 
it's not like access to this stuff has diminished in any way. You can have access to this stuff. Uh, you can literally pull up the Cardi B song right now as we're doing this, mm-hmm. this show, and nobody's going to stop you from doing it. We don't have those restrictions. In fact, I would argue that content is more challenging and controversial than ever before. There's more violence in sex on television and in music than ever before these rules are still in place but the place where there's a block is on public radio and television and they realize that there's going to be at least some place where you safely can go it should be there yes agreed all discussions about artistry and whether it's right or whether it's wrong yeah 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 yeah. it's definitely fair game but i think what it comes is that in these mediums during between nine o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning and nine p.m at night please let's be pg let's be pc in this particular case but these are so what we're talking about today are songs that were played that are being reevaluated in that sense right and I want to bring up this classic example of Money for Nothing, a song that came out in 1985, was a gigantic hit around the world, was played on radio for 25 years until a radio station, a listener in a radio station in Atlantic Canada complained because he found the use of the other F word to be deeply offensive. So it went to the Canadian Broadcast Standards Council, who deemed that the song was offensive. However... In a rare case here, listeners objected. They said, you know, that song's been around for 25 years and it has context. The CRTC got involved with it and they said, we want you to, they sent it back to the CBSC and said, we want you to create a national panel and we want you to ask listeners for their opinions because we've been getting blowback from listeners saying it's not so offensive. And I'm not going to go through all the details here because there is a lot. It reads like it should be in a law journal, this particular case. But context was brought up. The fact that Mark Mark Knopfler was not malevolent in any kind of way. He simply was at an appliance store and saw these two working dudes who were looking at MTV and one of the TVs that was in the store and literally wrote down everything that they had said because it was really strong. These guys object, objected to the images that they saw and he claimed even the thing. And he put that into the song. So all he was doing was reciting what he had. His only intent was he realized these guys were saying it in a way that I couldn't say it. All these things kind of came up, the age of the song, the fact the song had been around yeah. for a long time, and, like, you know, it's been on the air and all the rest. So they took a look at everything. They did everything. They realized, they looked back at what was released by the record company, and there are something like a dozen releases of Money for Nothing on Greatest Hits records, live records, and all the rest. And in many cases, those the other F word was omitted from those versions. Other times, it was. When the album came out, as a lot of you guys know, when a single comes up that has an offending word, it is often bleeped out. There is an edited version mm. of the song. A broadcaster has the option of playing it or not playing it. In the 1985 we all played it, but a lot of radio stations over time realized that the other effort repeated three times in the song was offensive to a lot of people. That was the that was the thing that blew my mind was when that song came out. 
in the 80s, I, I was shocked. I, wow, they just said that on the in this song and it's massively popular. So for it to come 25 years later, I just I found it so incredibly ridiculous like well here's the deal is that you can play a song and like i'd love to change the world nobody will complain it goes by it's kind of widely accepted people aren't paying attention it's kind of like okay whatever (laughs) like brown sugar (laughs) like brown sugar and then all of a sudden one day somebody complains and now it becomes a discussion in the end Mm. the canadian broadcast standards council said that you can play the song but it's up to your individual market as to whether you play it in other words it is up to the broadcaster to play it many will not play the song because it because the other effort is taken on a completely different context if i'm sorry paul go go ahead ahead. i was going to say same thing with the other effort used in green day's holiday that's right And, and i argued with my boss again context Billy Joe Armstrong is bisexual, by the way. And when he was using the word, it, the song is about, uh, is an anti-fascist uh, indictment of George W. Bush and America's participation in the Iraq war. And he, this section of the bridge in the song deals with a statement made off in an imaginary legislative floor to demonstrate how fascist these people were, how, how, uh, how vile these people were. So he was demonstrating in a point of view by doing it. He wasn't being malicious in any way in using mm-hmm. it. He wasn't my calling boss, somebody that, my yeah. My boss said, nope, sorry, that's a bad word, can't use it on the radio. And I, I, hmm. I kind of went, context, context, but he didn't buy it. Yeah, at some point, I was gonna say about money for nothing. If I'm a programmer, I just don't play it. It's not worth it. Yeah, that's you right. Know, so you have again. Agreed. You have the choice of playing it. You know, sometimes, you know, somebody said to me, "You don't get, you don't get into trouble for what you don't play. You get, you sometimes right. can get in trouble for what you do play." That's right. And so you have the, you can make that choice. By the way, I want to dig up this. I as I was going through, I got to find this. As I was going through uh, my research on this thing. Uh, I came across, I was looking at about Holiday, Billy Joe Armstrong, blah, blah, blah. And I came across an article which came about, came out four years ago yesterday. It was in the New Music Express. Hmm. Four years ago to that day. And this is the day after the presidential debates uh, with Biden and Trump. And we know what happened. The big, the, the big story that came out of that thing is that Trump is a white supremacist, right? Mm. Yeah. The headline from four years ago, September the 30th, 2016, reads, Green Day changed the lyrics to holiday to slam white supremacist Donald Trump. <laughs> four years ago to the day, the day after the presidential election, four years ago, he was calling him out as a white Some, supremacist. Some things change and some things don't. Just Unbelievable. incredible coincidence, yeah. 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 Hmm. Interesting. Well, good good chat, gentlemen. I know mm. Paulie's on time constraints. I'm just uh, looking down at the clock here, so I, I don't know if we got to wrap See, up. See, originally, Paulie, when you, uh, when you proposed this idea, I thought you meant like songs that would never fly today, like Lollipop. Like lollipop, lollipop. Like, that just wouldn't fly today. <laughs> so, then, then I got which. Then you started talking about the lyrics from Brown Sugar, and I'm like, oh, I see where this is going. <laughs> this is this is intellectual. This isn't. <laughs> Mark's just tearing up notes in the background. Like, Shit. 
Mark said this. He said a text about that song, and I kind of looked at it and said, is, "Am I missing something with this song?" Right. Is you know, there what's a funny is I, I actually that I'm not hearing. Well, I actually tried to pull up the lyrics for Lollipop just to to see what they were. It is just Lollipop, oh Lollipop. But there's actually a Little Wayne song called Lollipop, and and those aren't the lyrics to that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> so it's it's slightly more offensive. Probably more on par with what we're talking about. Just tune in next week when Mark finally figures out just who did put the bop in the bop shoe bop shoe bop. Cardi B needs to re-release that as doo-wop and make it into, yes. into a doo-wop song. I like it. <laughs> no, good yeah, chat, very, guys. I like very this. interesting. Yeah, yeah. thanks a lot, Bali, for uh, stepping in and uh, hopefully it'll make you late for work. It's... I'm good. All right. Have hey, a good see, week, you, see you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> see you later. Thanks for listening to Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie, Mark LaFave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter.